Welcome to the Simpler Business Podcast, where we talk about ways to do what you love and serve your people in a way that brings you income and freedom. I'm your host, Marissa Roberts. Join me as I chat with my favorite entrepreneurs about how they simplify their biz so that you can simplify yours. So you've been running your service business for a while now and things are going well. You've got a steady stream of clients who are loving what you do and you are finding yourself getting busier and busier. Now, this is usually the point when we solo business owners start to think about what comes next for our business. We see other business owners get to this point and start to focus on scaling and growing their business by hiring and training team members to help with the workload. But what if you don't want to manage a team? What if you're happy with how things are and you want to bring in great money and help your clients without having to hire and train other people to do it with you? What if you really love being a sole trader and you just want to achieve your business goals but still have a life? What if the one-size-fits-all business framework doesn't actually fit with what you want? You can build a simple and sustainable service business that aligns with your lifestyle goals as well as your business ones, and my guest today is going to show you how. Maggie Patterson is the editorial director at Scoop Studios and the creator of BS Free Business. With two decades of experience, Maggie has spent her entire career in client services and has been a successful entrepreneur for over 15 years. Today, she works with service business and agency owners to build BS-free businesses that put trust first in everything they do. A podcaster and writer, Maggie is a vocal advocate for humane business practices rooted in respect, empathy, and trust. She's the host of the BS-free service business podcast and the co-host of Duped, the Dark Side of Online Business. And I'm excited to have Maggie on today because the more variety you have with your business model choices, the easier it is to create a business model that's going to work for you. So Maggie, welcome. I'm so excited that you're here today. I'm excited to be here, Marissa. Thank you for having me. Oh, this is going to be such a good chat because I think business owners, particularly if we're in our first, say, couple of years of our business, we tend to look around at what everybody else is doing and think that's the way we're meant to do it too, right? They're marketing this way. I should market this way. Their business model looks like this. I've sh- mine should look like this because it's obviously working for them. But then we kind of get pigeonholed. And we end up growing a business that just doesn't feel like it fits. And the last thing anyone wants is to feel burnt out and resentful about a business that they created themselves. And I know a lot of our listeners too aren't necessarily people, people, like they love their clients, they love the work that they do, but they don't want to spend all day managing a team of people. And I think that's fine. So to have you on the show today, I think it's going to be a weight off their shoulders. I hope so, because I think one of the things I've seen a lot of with service business owners, and I know I definitely felt this way, is we feel this pressure to grow our business in a really specific way. You know, what are the options available to us? We have to hire a team and become an agency. We have to launch a course or a program. And the conversation I have so many times with people is they're like, I, but I don't, like, I like what I have right now. How can I do more of that or, you know, kind of optimize what I'm already doing and grow in a way that is going to let me do the things I really want to do and work with people I want to, in the way I want to versus having to kind of completely switch up the business model. Yeah, I totally agree. Why do you think then people feel that pressure? Do you think, do you see what I see, which is people just watching other people and thinking it's the only way, or do you, they have other reasons why they feel pressure to scale the traditional way? 
You know, I think it's a really good question. So there's multiple facets to it. I absolutely think, Marissa, what you said about people having, you know, they're in observing other people and they start to think, well, that must be what's normal or that must be the way to do it. And so that kind of gets under our skin and we start to internalize that and think, well, if I want what they have, you know, the, the revenue or the lifestyle or whatever it is, I have to do it that way. And then combined with that is there's this underlying myth, um, especially in the online world where service businesses have often been seen as kind of less than, or um, as a stepping stone to something else. So there is kind of this natural idea that, for you to continue to grow as a service business, you need to hire a team. You have to add, you know, passive income products. You have to do things in a very certain way. And then I think there's just the natural thing is a lot of people who start businesses are naturally, you know, high achievers, if you will. Like if they come from corporate, they were probably like, you know, superstar superstar employees. There are people that are very driven and it's easy to kind of just be trapped in this cycle of just, oh, I need, I need, I want more, I want more, I want more versus looking at like, how can I build the business to really work for me without having to constantly achieve more and more and more and more? Because I will tell you, as someone who's been in business, I'm coming in, I'm in year 19 now, there is no end point if you are going to keep just, you know, adding and adding and adding. So, you know, we have these kind of internal forces and these external forces that are really making us feel like we have to grow in a certain way. Yeah, I totally get where you're coming from because I had the same experience with my first business, Beautifully Organized. Like I thought that once I started booking clients, everything would just be smooth from that point on. But then I, I started getting busy, which was great. But then I started feeling like I couldn't handle it. And I didn't want to bring on people and spend all that time and effort I didn't want the chunk of my day to be training other people and quality control and managing. I just wanted to get in, organize somebody's home, be done with it, you know? So I, I can totally, totally relate to that idea of you always feel like you have to achieve the next thing. You always feel like you have to do more. I had a corporate back background as well. And there was no resting on your laurels when you achieved a goal. It was just, what's the next goal? What's the stretch goal? And so that was kind of ingrained. And for me, I had a bit of a mental flip a few years ago when, you know, my own business, I'm burnt out doing that too, <laughs> which is very ironic because you start your business for your own sense of freedom. And I realized that actually one of my goals was yes, to help more people, but to have more freedom in my day-to-day -day life as well. And at first I felt like those two goals couldn't align, like it had to be one or the other. And so for me, I think that's why I've been so passionate the last few years about finding ways to streamline your business, finding ways to simplify it finding ways to to free yourself up, not so that you're available necessarily to do more, but so that you can just enjoy what you have, the life you have, the freedom you want. And so for me, that's, that's very appealing. So I think this is a topic that's going to resonate with lots of people. Um, I think when we think of the term scaling, there's a I mean, correct me if I'm wrong, but I hear the term scaling and because I've been on in online business for about 12 years now, if I hear scale, my mind automatically goes to billions or millions of dollars or six figure months or, you know, you've got to hit major numbers to consider that your business is scaled. I don't know. Is that is that your perception of scaling or do you think business owners, you know, what do they not realize about scaling their business? So you hit on something that is a big pet peeve for me. So my background is in the tech industry and with my agency, we still work with tech clients. So I have worked with a lot of like kind of, you know, very 
rapid growth, true scale businesses. And the way people talk about scale in online business, they use the words scale and growth interchangeably. Um, scale is very capital intensive. It's very time intensive. It's very resource intensive. Like there's a lot of elements to it. So the way people talk about an online business is actually like just growth, but the, it, it really is implying like you're going to scale your business to a point where you don't have to work anymore and you're going to go to the beach all day and your team's magically do this and you're going to let the millions roll in. Well, that's not the reality for the majority of business owners. And what tends to happen when people are like, oh, I'm going to, I like, they're really, I'm going to, I'm going to scale. I want to hit seven figures. I want to go big. They don't realize what is going to be required of them personally to do that and what is going to be required within the business. So personally, you know, we have got to ask a question like, do I want to be a leader? And as a service business owner, like if you are someone who really wants to be hands-on, let's say you're a designer um, and working with your clients every single day, your role shifts significantly if you all of a sudden have a design agency. So you really mm -hmm. need to think about like, how do I want to be spending my time and what feels best for me? Um, I think the other thing people often forget is it's not this like simple equation where it's like, okay, I'm going to hire these two people and then I'm going to generate X more revenue. It, it's, I actually was harboring that assumption when I started my agency and it's very incorrect. Uh, it is not simple. It is not just suddenly like you are going to, you know, this rapid growth is going to happen. There's a lot of places along the way where you are going to be less profitable. You are going to be making personal sacrifices. And I'm not saying it's not worth it for some people, but what I want is service business owners to make a very intentional strategic choice about what's right for them versus becoming what I would call like an accidental agency owner or starting another type of business thinking it's the same business, but it's a totally different thing. And I feel like a lot of times when people talk about scale, they don't recognize the shift in skills, the shift in how you're going to spend your time and what is going to be actually required to get you to that thing. Um, because everyone on the internet makes it look so easy. And there's a lot of hard work. There's a lot of things that are going into the back end. Um, and I find that this is really the place where I'm sure you would, you've probably seen this too, is uh, this is where a lot of people get super burnt out, mm -hmm. super stressed out. Um, you know, they're not able to pay themselves. They want to pay them the way they want to pay them. And they're just kind of trapped in this cycle of, chasing a dream and they're very, very unhappy. The freedom and flexibility they started their business for is completely gone now. And they're wondering what they've actually done to themselves. Yeah, I think that's so true. I think when they scale that, well, the big worry for a lot of my clients is is exactly that. It's that whole, but I'm going to lose my sense of identity of who I am in my business at this level. I don't want to become necessarily the CEO. I want to still do the job I'm doing now because that's the reason I, I do this work because I enjoy this work. And so yeah, not everybody wants to be just the guy in charge of everything. Sometimes people just want to get up, do work they enjoy, have a bit of a laugh, get paid well for it, but not stress all the time about cash flow and how you're using your budgets and being responsible for other people's paychecks and livelihoods. That's quite a lot of stress on a business owner to suddenly go, hang on a minute, I've got three people now that work for me. I'm literally responsible for their well-being. And if the business doesn't do well, I'm not going to make any money because I've got to give it all to them. Like that's a lot of pressure, especially if it's not your intention in the first place to do so. And you just feel like you have to do it because everybody else is. So and yeah. it's very glamorized, right? Like what we all see is all very shiny and 
and like, look at me and my team and we're having a team retreat and we're living our best lives. No one's talking about the fact that they had to um, mediate a squabble between two team members. There's an underperforming team member they may have to terminate. Like, and I'm not saying having a team is terrible. I just think people don't recognize what really goes into it. And you really have to think about like, do how big, if I want a team, how big do I want that team to be? How do I mm -hmm. want to be spending my time? And what is that, you know, what are the costs, costs versus benefits of, you know, growing your business in that way? Yeah. And I, you know, I agree because I've worked with agencies before who are, who run very smoothly. They're great. I love the whole team. You know, I, even now I work with a couple of teams for some private clients and they're fantastic, but it's not yeah. for me. It's not, it's, you know, it's not something I want to personally build. I don't want to build my own massive agency. I don't want to, yeah. I don't want to spend all my time managing when I could be creating basically is what it comes yes. down. To. Yeah. So you talk a lot about staying solo. What do you think business owners need then in order to remain as a team of one? So I think one of the really interesting things is I noticed with my clients over the years is they would all get to this point where they had started the business, they were successful, they're getting busier and busier, and then they would feel like, oh, do I have to totally drop this business model? to become an agency, to launch a course, whatever the case is. And the reality is, is they don't have to do those things. It comes down to what are the kind of things you need to focus on from a foundational point of view to help grow the business, to make it sustainable and to keep it simple so you can have the freedom and flexibility you want. So I defined kind of six core things. Um, the first one is salary. You need to be prioritizing paying yourself well in the business. One of the things I've seen a lot of in the online world is people will hire a million different coaches, join a million different programs, um, and essentially they're giving all their hard-earned money away to everybody else when really they could just retain some of those profits hire, you know, one person to work with, not four, and really save a lot of time and energy. So really prioritizing how you're managing your money so that you are getting paid because it is really difficult to have uh, stability in your business, to have even like a stress-free business as much as possible when you are not having your, your needs met financially. Your business needs to be able to sustain you in that way. So the first one is salary. The next one is seasons, which I talk about is planning practically. One of the biggest challenges solo business owners have when they're working with clients is that their clients get all their love and attention. So mm -hmm. how can you start to prioritize time away from the business, working on the business, and more importantly, planning those things in a way that works for you. Uh, most of us have been taught planning in a way that is very much about like, you must plan by the quarter, you must plan by the month. And each one of us has different needs, our brains work differently. So figuring out what's going to work for you and also knowing in your business right now, is this a season where I'm really striving for something? Is it a season where I'm going to coast a little bit because I'm just sustaining? Or is there something, you know, you're even going to go a little slower than making really strategic choices around how you're planning in the business? Um, there's also systems. What systems can you be adding into the mix to really ensure that on a day-to-day -day basis, you are not wasting your time reinventing the wheel, you know, removing decisions because one of the things if you're doing creative work you're doing consulting work you're spending a lot of time doing that work for clients and the more time you spend trying to figure out what the heck you're doing 
you know, the more drain that's going to be on you. Next one is space, which is really talking about how do you create capacity for yourself in the business? This is things like boundaries and really managing your energetic and emotional capacity. We tend to underestimate um, working in a service business. You are in a client service role. It can be taxing. So making sure you're managing it in that way. Uh, another one is strategy. This is really about how do you make sure that you don't have face that income ceiling most service business owners run into. So, you know, how are you charging for your services? How are you actually um, being paid for more strategic thinking? How are you aligning your audience specifically with things? And also just looking at your pricing, uh, your packaging and delivery strategy as part of that. Okay. And the last one is support, which is really looking at, Hey, what kind of support do I need in my business? Because one of the biggest mistakes we can make is mistaking the idea of being a solo business owner for like having to go it alone. This is, and this is like, do I need support around certain skills? Do I need support in my personal life to ensure I'm thriving in my business? Do I need coaching? Do I need a program? And understanding that at different points in the business, you're going to need different types of support. And so many times we default to, I'm just going to join this thing when really you need a one-on-one -on -one coach, when really maybe you need to switch therapists in your personal life because you're not getting the emotional support you need there. So really looking at those kind of six, six fundamental things in the business, and you're not going to work on all of them at, all, at any given time, but just having that constant time and attention to be like, oh, you know what? I'm not paying myself or oh, I don't seem to be making the money I want to make. How can I strategically look at this and price my services a little bit differently and constantly using those things as the way to um, push things forward versus stagnating and creating something that you're not really happy with? Yeah, I really like the idea of using those six focuses as markers along the way of your business and always kind of reminding yourself on a regular basis to review those sorts of factors. Because we do get a gut feeling when one of them isn't working, don't we? Like we feel something's not smooth, things feel stumbly, we get cranky or resentful about some sort of part of our business. And I know from my experience, I've dropped the ball on every one of those at some point, right? It's not always all at once. And there's never been a point in my business, and I think it's important to be honest about it, in my business personally, there's never been a point where every single one of those has been smooth at the same time. There's always been a little niggle somewhere, a little tweak I could make. But I think actually being aware of what those six focuses are, that's yes. going to make it so much easier, right? Because you can spot those little hurdles and you can start thinking about ways to handle them or overcome them from a non emotional perspective like you can just go oh okay well this is a pretty normal thing it's time to focus on this let's look at ways to to improve it rather than going oh my god my business is too hard I've got too many too many people want too many things I don't have enough time to do any of it which is what a lot of us kind of spiral into sometimes and I love that you use the word Marissa normal because mm -hmm. one of the things I have you know that got me to the point where I was like I'm gonna like systematize this as like a these are the things to focus on because I kept having the same conversations with clients, but the, the starting point for that conversation was usually around frustration mm -hmm. and people saying, I just want to burn my business down. Yeah. I mean, I've said it, we, we all like, and that is, we don't normalize that enough. And it's like digging down a couple layers. Like, why do you want to burn your business down? Is it because you feel like you're working too much and your capacity is overloaded? Maybe you're not paying yourself enough, so you're feeling financially stressed. Maybe you're 
not making enough from the projects you're working on. Like there's always a reason you're having that kind of, oh, why is it like this? And it's not that your business needs to be, you know, sunshine, lollipops, easy every day. But if you are consistently having that, oh, I need to burn down my business feeling or you're feeling dissatisfied, guaranteed there's, you know, a couple layers down, there's probably one of those foundational things that with a small amount of effort, you can usually tweak to make things that much better for yourself. Yep. I actually find that takes a lot of pressure off thinking about it that way. So, okay. So if we're clear on the different areas that we can focus on when things aren't in, entirely smooth, what are some strategies do you think business owners could implement then just to make sure they can stay solo if they want to, but without overextending themselves and without burning out? Is there a couple of things that you recommend to everybody or something that tends to pop up that you usually recommend to people? Yeah, there's there's two or three things that generally when I start working with someone, if they're they're having these challenges in their business, number one is your pricing strategy. It is one of the most powerful things we can influence in a service business. And it's very loaded emotionally for a lot of people. It has a lot of meaning for people. And the reality is, is if you want to be able to pay yourself well, if you want to be able to not be on the road to burnout, you need to be paying yourself well. And if you're not able to do that, there is a pricing issue that you're going to have to address. And I will say, and this is probably going to shake a people, few people are listening up, but the majority of service business owners, when I encounter them and I talk to them about their pricing strategy, they're not charging enough. They're mm. not. Like, I'm like, what are you doing? No, no, no. <laughs> so, you know, absolutely looking at the pricing, evaluating it, really figuring that out. Another thing I see a ton of, and this falls in that strategy realm, is a lot of people are undercharging for very strategic work they're doing. So what tends to happen is my background's in PR. So I'll use this as an example. Client comes to you, you start doing the PR, you do a ton of upfront strategy work, but you charge the same for strategy work as you are kind of, kind of ongoing, more tactical work. And what we tend to do is we create a situation where our client undervalues us. We've left money on the table. Our strategic thinking is not valued. If we could all just start selling strategy and understanding that this is going to work, uh, let us work with clients who value our strategic contributions and look at us as true experts and thought leaders at what we do versus kind of just like people grinding away, doing tactical work that can make a massive difference. And being able to sell strategy in that way, um, again, does take some work, but really thinking about that and not letting those things kind of get hidden in the work you're already doing. I think that's such a good point because I know one of the patterns I've seen with clients in the past is that they really undervalue their strategy and they, you know, they think, oh, you know, it's just a little idea here and there. It's just something that's worked for me in the past. It's just something I've noticed in the industry that's working well. Just, 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 right? And I think, no, it seems to, it seems like it's just a little thing to you because you're good at it. You have experience, you have knowledge, like you should be valuing it much more not not putting it off to the side and going oh that's just a little something just a little something that comes easy to me like that's that's the gold that's the gold in your business yeah, yeah a great example is like I used to name clients products all the time like just because I have a you know I'm a communications person a background in PR and writing so like that kind of stuff comes easy to me then I found out that clients pay like a hundred thousand mm -hmm. dollars to branding agencies to do that and I was like 
hold up. I was just doing that for like a hundred bucks an hour. I know. And you know <laughs> what? I I noticed? And you just, <laughs> what? And that's where we, we start to pitch up and like, no kidding. We're starting to feel resentful. So I think understanding like on a broader scale, what the value of your contribution is, yeah. is really, really important. And don't sell yourself short. So many of us just, we really want to help our clients. We want to, we want to make a good living, but we don't want to overcharge people. Mm -hmm. It is extraordinarily rare. I do not, I, I so rarely see people who are actually overcharging for what yep. their clients yeah, I fully agree. And I think people also need to think of the mindset side of, of your pricing as well, right? Where when you do it, when you're doing it as a little extra because it's easy for you, you don't think much of your delivery and the quality of what you're delivering. It just comes out naturally and everybody loves it. And you're like, oh, great, glad I could help. When you actually make it a thing that you you start to charge well for, you usually have that little hurdle where you're like, oh my God, what if they don't like it? which you wouldn't have before. So I think that kind of scares people into taking a step that way is that sort of imposter syndrome, that mindset. Do you find that pops up for people as well when they're looking at making changes to their business like this? A hundred percent, because all of us are going to, you know, we have whole different identities. We have different backgrounds. We have different money scripts and money stories, all those things that show up. And yeah. then the other part of it is, is when you're not, you're not charging a lot, a lot, and I'll use a lot as relative for it. It's easier for you to be a little less buttoned up on the delivery of it. So one of the things when my clients start selling strategy, I really encourage them to systematize everything, like it, be able to explain to your client, like these are the five steps in the process. And then when you give them the deliverable, like it's not just this unformatted Google doc, it has a little bit of a, you know, it has some zhuzh to it where they go, oh yeah, this is really buttoned up and professional. And this doesn't mean you have to invest, you know, tons of time or money into it. Those little things can help you feel like, oh, okay, yeah, I do know what I'm doing um, because you feel more polished and professional. Polished. That is the perfect word for it. It's just a little more polished and everybody values you more and you value you more. And then yes, everything starts to improve for the better. Okay. I love that. Cause I feel like these are things that people can action. They can look at these straight away. It's not like, Oh, I have to plan a year in the head in order to look at my pricing and look at my deliverability and how things are coming across. This is stuff that we can work into the everyday life of our business pretty simply, especially if you've got somebody guiding you. And I know a lot of our listeners are going to want to learn more from you, Maggie, because this has been gold that you've shared today and I really appreciate it. So if they do want to learn more from you, what's the best way for them to get in touch? Do you reckon it's websites, socials, newsletter? I'm all over the place <laughs> in it, all <laughs> over the place in a good way. Um, but absolutely sign up for my email newsletter, which is bsfreebusiness.com slash newsletter. And I do have a podcast. So you're listening to a podcast right now. So if you want to check out the BS free service business show um, there, and I hang out on Instagram and threads at BS free business. So if you want to send me a message, I answer all my own DMs and I'm actually a real human on the internet. <laughs> I love it. All right. I'm going to make sure I've got a link to the newsletter, sign up, the podcast and your Instagram and threads profile so people can find you nice and easy. You have been an absolute joy to have on the show today because I feel like even I'm like, oh, I'm going to hang up after this call and go and look at my six focuses as well and go, okay, well, how's that going to apply in my business? Because already I'm like, yeah, you know what? There's this and there's this and there's this. It's so much easier to spot those little things that you could smooth out once you know what to focus on and you've actually given yourself 
the opportunity, like a bit of a time and space buffer to think about it. I think that's the other thing we do, right? Is we get so caught up in the day-to-day. I've got to deliver this job. I've got to sign this new client. I've got to send out this onboarding packet. I've got to actually do the work I promised them, which we could do a whole episode on on being able to actually deliver now that you're getting busy and people want to work with you. Like, how do you actually fit that in? I think we could do a whole episode just on that. But there's so much that you taught us. So thank you for being here. Thank you so much for having me, Marissa. And I look forward to connecting with everyone who's uh, listened. And everybody, I hope you've enjoyed this conversation as much as I've enjoyed having it. Come and let us know what you think. You can find Maggie on Instagram and threads. You can find me too at Marissa Roberts Official. And, you know, come and leave us a review on Apple Podcasts as well, because the best way for us to deliver a podcast that's helpful to you is for you to give us your feedback on what you want to simplify, what you want to streamline, what you want to make better in your business, or how you want to feel as a business owner and what you want to achieve. And that way we can deliver exactly what you want. So head on over and let us know your thoughts, and I will see you all in the next episode. I hope you enjoyed this episode of the Simpler Business Podcast. If you did, please subscribe, rate, and review us on Apple Podcasts. There's a link in the show notes to make it nice and easy for you, just the way we like it. If you're ready to simplify and scale your business, you can get started with my free audio class at marissaroberts.com. See you next time.